It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Hawks Postcast. We are Deshaun Tate and Tanisha Batiste. And we're glad that you guys stopped by on this MLK Day for local insight and Hawks talk that you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And of course, the Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Deshaun, the Hawks needed, yes, I said needed a win after not showing up against a Pacers team that was minus Tyrese Halliburton and a Wizards team that had only won six games on the season when they faced the Hawks. We'll talk about the 109 and 99 win in the end one and talk about who got next. Is Deshaun Fields also deserving of the accolades? I know he is. <laughs> or something in the neighborhood of kudos because we still have some things we need to talk about. We still have some thoughts. But first, let's get T and Tate's takes and thoughts on the win over the Spurs. And Deshaun, you say they were lucky. They were lucky. They were lucky, Tanitra. And for multiple different reasons. Um they were lucky. I want to say they were lucky that they were playing the San Antonio Spurs on today. But I can't even really say that based off of the performance of when they played the Washington Wizards, who is at least at very best neck and neck with the San Antonio Spurs. And we saw how that panned out. Um, they were lucky that it was Martin Luther King Day. I told you on the tail end of our last show. You better not even dare think about running out here and suiting up with the kind of recent performances that we've been seeing. And then uh, let something like this happen on Martin Luther King Day in Atlanta, of all places. Like, that can't happen. Nope. Um, but I think that they were lucky. And by the way, I don't think uh, Dr. King was too you know pleased with the second half play of Atlanta, by the way. But I'll just leave that right there. Um Think about something for a second, Tanitra. How long has it been since we've been able to actually smile at the beginning of our shows it feels like right. you know what i mean like having some positivity and some optimism not because yeah. we have to but because that's really how we feel genuinely and and authentically um yeah. but tomorrow starts today so i brought i stole a t-shirt years ago from the back of somebody's seat right uh-huh. tomorrow starts today and i think that that was the perfect <laughs> motto uh for this team to to live by um, putting other things in the past and just kind of looking forward to the future. Um, and that's certainly how they played, if not nothing else, certainly in, in the uh, in the first half. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I will say enough to say that, you know, I was certainly thinking, at least for the first half, if nothing else, why can't it be Dr. King Day every day? And obviously for the justice reasons and everything else, equality and so forth, but also so that this team can perform the way that we know that they can. And it seems like we only get a chance to really see strong showings and outings from them at this particular time of the year specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
I, I would agree with you on that one because I definitely said to myself, okay, you held on, but why'd you have to hold on? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so when you said we're smiling, I was like, well, kind of smiling, kind of half yeah. smiling, yeah, half kind of. Yeah. yeah, because I really feel like this should have been a conversation where we were talking about the Hawks being up by as many as 35 points, but maybe winning by 25 or maybe winning by 20 or even 18, because we do know the teams go on runs all the time in the NBA. We also know that when you get up by 35 points, typically your starters are going to be, you got to sit them down at some point. So we're not saying we expected that the 35 point lead was going to be the end result. But I did have an issue with the fact that the 35 point lead got whittled down to six points. I don't care who's in the game. Six points is not what that lead should have been whittled down to. Now, no, yeah, no. you did by 10 points, but again, that still bothered me that uh, you kind of held on to win the game. And when I look at the score, I like balanced scoring. I don't think I like balanced scoring that says 10 from Bay, 16 from Johnson, 13 from Capella, and 13 from Murray, and 36 from Trey. I'd mm -hmm. actually prefer Trey to hover around that 29, 30 mark. Mm -hmm. which means hopefully DJ gets up to the 20 mark or Jalen, at least two of those starters should have been closer to 20. I do have a problem with the fact that every starter was, well, other than Trey, was hovering around the low to mid-teens and that no bench player got into double digits. So there were still some pieces to that that kind of bothered me. And, well, that would explain in part why you held on because really and truly, if we're being honest, Trey had an excellent first half and then nobody else really had an excellent game he did yeah. the game he had an excellent first half because he hit yeah. six threes which gave him 18 of those 36 points but that's what kind of bothered me the fact that yeah great 43 percent field goal shooting but that three-point number 34 percent i mean that's barely barely yeah. acceptable you already know that i'm gonna grumble and gripe about the free throws because like you said that's easy money yep that you just don't take advantage of. That's a problem. And I yep. didn't like that. But I will give give some flowers in terms of getting 40, excuse me, 43 defensive rebounds, which at least tells me you didn't allow for a whole lot of second chance points. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, guys. I guess they do traumatize me. Oh, good. I'll say this much real quick to Nietzsche that, you know, there was a couple things that I was impressed by. Uh, obviously, to see um the hawks get out to an 11-0 run to yeah, start the yeah. game i was kind of curious to know where they were going to go because for how many weeks in a row did we open up our show saying they started the game by trying to get somebody going early and it was always deandre hunter so my yeah. focal point has kind of been on who's going to be that person since we haven't been seeing him right. that person or has either been you know but a, a combination of Dejounte murray which it was him on today um clint capella as well in some instances jalen johnson even um but even more so i think that they got dj going a little bit on the early side um but you know when you're up by 35 and and that lead is cut to a two possession game um you know generational player on the other team or not you know you you've got to you've got to you've got to flex your muscles a little bit yeah and then when he gets pulled because at yep. the point he did get pulled and the the Spurs entirely reset their starting team and that kind mm -hmm. of was a part of the spark by the way but yeah mm -hmm. to me it's still a challenge because i find it still troubling that number one and we'll talk about it a little bit more in uh, 
the uh, not who got well, we'll talk about it and who got next as well, but really want to deep dive into it in the end one. But there are still those pesky little issues because mm-hmm. you had 71 points at the half, which mm-hmm. means that you then only scored 38 the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. That to me is a challenge, right? It is. And it is. yeah, and I think specifically because to score 38 or I'm sorry, 40 points you scored in that second half, you only scored 18. Yeah. 18 points in the third quarter while you allow the Spurs to almost double that, that productivity. So that's where, you know, I find a challenge, but I do still want to give, like I said, the, the keys to maybe a few things that help them to hold on. And like I said, I do think that the defensive rebounding helped them to hold on a 55, 43 to 35 um, outdoing of the Spurs on the boards. And then when you look at the, number of uh points in the paint they at least tightened it up i wouldn't say mm-hmm. they didn't win obviously they didn't mm-hmm. win points in the paint but they at least tightened it up from what we saw last night and i think that's one of the areas where i will give them some credit the fact that some of the areas that we mentioned last night that uh, excuse me saturday night where there was just a woeful chasm between the hawks and the wizards you saw some of those things tighten up but that's it yeah. In the deep dive and in the end mm. one, we still got to talk about the fact that mm, 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 wasn't exactly as tight as it should have been. We'll talk about it on the other side in the end one. Now, guys, you know, this is a crazy, crazy season for us today. It was absolutely gorgeous, warm enough for you to just be outside in long sleeve shirt. Tomorrow and the rest of the week, oh my God, it's going to be frigid. The reason I mention that is because that means people are going to be sick. And a lot of those illnesses revolve around the fact that you could potentially need an antibiotic, like an amoxicillin. Pharmacies are actually potentially running out of those right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which could be pretty darn scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if you or even your child gets sick and you find out there's a supply chain issue with life-saving medication, that's a challenge, except if you have Jace Medical on your side. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. So it's never been more important to be prepared than today because especially, like I said, we know we're going into a crazy week of weather and that could be where we are for the rest of winter. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Code is locked on for $20 off your order. So Deshaun, we look at this game and again, it's a win. And we do say from time to time, a win is a win is a win because, hey, the Hawks finally got back in the win column. But you asked a great question and I want to repeat it. How was your, I refuse to lose again today guy. Who was that guy for you rather who jumped, started things for the Hawks to get back in the win column. There we go. If, if I'm just being honest, Tanitra, um, I really felt like, in, at least if not nothing else, in the first half that that guy was Trey Young. 
Um, but that guy didn't exist in the second half, I feel like. Um, you know, we, we've seen some some guys play better, um, you know, in the first, I'm sorry, in the second half versus the first. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure that we saw someone that say, no, I'm going to put this on my back. Like, and we're not going home. Not on my watch. Like, this ain't happening. Right. Refuse to lose. Kobe mentality and all the Mamba mentality, you know, all that kind. I don't yeah, think that yeah. we really saw that. Um, mm-hmm. And give them credit for gutting out a win um, mm-hmm. that shouldn't have even been as close as uh, it was right. on the tail end. You're up by 35. That shouldn't happen. Um you know, we spoke a little bit about how lucky they were, mm-hmm. right? They were lucky that the quarters aren't are, are, are 12 minutes and that they're not 15 minutes. Because yeah. an extra three to four minutes in this game, we could and we could be having a whole different yeah. conversation. And then somebody would either mm-hmm. A, be fired, or B, be traded by the time the, the press conference wrapped up. Or even yeah. got started, for that matter. Right. So. To answer the question, um, I'm not sure that that guy really existed. I'm sometimes now, this being a team that I'm always looking at, okay, you know, I I know that one thing they need is that emotional leader, that vocal leader. I know people tend to hate the Draymond Greens and the Marcus Smarts and the Dylan Brooks and some of these different guys because of all their extra antics and so forth. But there's reasons behind why those guys are valued on their teams. That's one of those things that I don't think that this team has and that it needs, but I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes and my ears open for who that player is and looking a little bit more closely um, because it's something that I think that they need so desperately. And to be honest with you, forget about the, you know, what's on the stat sheet and the box scores and all this. Sometimes those little things like that and having a player like that uh, can kind of substitute for the for the other stuff that you're not getting on the box score. It can actually make a bigger difference in the end result as to whether you win or lose the game. But I don't think that player exists on this team. So when you say you're looking out for that player, are you looking out for that player who's with another team who could come on board? Because I'll be honest with you, when I go top to bottom of this roster, I literally cannot see anybody. You see moments here and there like Jalen, you know, he gets hyped and the team gets hyped, the bench gets hyped if he has a dunk, right? Or if Trey hits something from the logo, that might be a moment of excitement. So there are moments of excitement or when Onyeka Okongwu comes off the dunk with off the pick and roll. There are yep. moments where each player has something signature that they do that gets the rest of the team going. But as far as that guy who is the emotional leader of this team, meaning that guy, and you know, I, I, I'm perfectly okay and was always perfectly okay with this team letting go of John Collins, but you cannot take away the fact that he was that guy. Yes, yes, he was. He was, he was. And I'll say this too, um, to answer your question, um, keeping my eyes and ears open for potentially number one, who someone is that they can bring in, yes. But also until we get to that point, I want to keep my eyes on who is who could potentially be trying to see themselves growing in that role. Yeah. Who can I see themselves growing in that role? Who can they see? Who can mm-hmm. they see themselves growing in that role, if that even makes mm-hmm. sense? So I want to see some guys take some steps. I'm not saying you're going to you know, wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden be 
you know, the emotional leader of this team and you're barking out signals and you're, you know, running the show in the in in, in the huddle around the clipboard yeah. and everything else. But I just want to see who's the guy, you know, that's kind of stepping forward and putting guys in their place, not in a disrespectful manner, but in a disrespectful manner, if that's what it calls for, if that makes sense. Yeah, which is why I go back to some things about this season that have troubled me or confused me about DeJounte Murray. Because I know for a fact, I have seen him in podcasts yeah. let you know that he is that dude. Like, don't come for him. Yeah. Because he yeah. definitely can get with you and anybody else who, who steps his way. So I really had expected that guy who mm -hmm. I've seen. And even there were a couple of times last season where he called his teammates out at the microphone, at the podium. He called him out in the locker room. He called him out in team meetings. And it seemed to affect them at least for a couple of games. And Hey, you take what you can get with a team that, you know, ne isn't necessarily one that gets jump started in that manner. But mm -hmm. I think my disappointment is, and really I want to say confusion. Confusion is probably the better word. I'm confused because I thought he was going to be that guy. I'm confused because that's the guy that, like I said, I've seen in a couple of podcasts and I thought, ooh, he's going to let you know you can't punk this team. And then I saw that guy in some press conferences and I saw that guy in some locker room moments. Why haven't I seen, and this is a rhetorical question. I agree. I know. I Why agree. Why haven't I seen that guy? Because when he's vocal and when he's emotional, there's a level of respect that everyone gives him for him to have the caveat and the cachet to do it rather. And we're not seeing it. And I don't know that other than DeJounte, there's anybody else on this team that can bring that type of vocal energy, that type of emotional energy that would make everybody wake up and stand up and say, okay, we better get it the F together. I, I, you know what I think? Cause I think that he has some of those capabilities and, and uh, within him um, to be that person. And I know this is going to sound crazy and it might not. I feel like I'm about to say something that a lot of people are already thinking. I think one of the reasons that we haven't done that, uh, why we haven't seen him do that is because we know that he's not that number one option. We know that he knows that it's not his team and he's kind of playing that, you know, Robin role to the Batman, which is number 11. Um, whether he's trying to do it respectfully and kind of letting him do it, you know, the way he wants to do it, whatever, what have you. But, but that's, and I could be totally wrong about all this because this isn't something I know, but that's the vibe and the energy that I get because being around DeJounte the same way that you have as, as, as little as I have and as much more that you have, um, I, I, we both pick up the same things. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me the least bit. And let me make this very clear for the viewers and the listeners. Yeah. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying this needs to happen mm -hmm. or any of anything in between. But I have a really good feeling that in the event, some way, somehow, that Trey Young was no longer on this team and DeJounte Murray was on this team, mm -hmm. he would bring yeah. that out instantly. Like that. Yeah. And you Please. would see it. But DeJounte, but at this point, Mm -hmm. I feel like we should be past that. And here's here's my example. And don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that their play is at the level of the example that I'm about to give. But sure. I am suggesting that other players have been in that situation and have had to figure it out. I'll give you an old school or past example that comes to mind. And I want to get you in 
uh, Robert as well. And then I want to give a new school example. But you know what? Before I do, so don't let me forget, that's Miami. <laughs> and that my the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. And that is in, in the past and Milwaukee Bucks. But first things first, Robert says, even though it was a win, the Hawks escaped embarrassment. I really like how he put that. I really like how he put that. It was succinct, but he hit every single thing that needed to be hit. Even mm -hmm. though, meaning, although, but there's a pause. That's what that <laughs> means. It was a win, a win. So only yeah. one. Yeah. The Hawks escaped. That's right. They got up out of that joint with the win. But they also escaped embarrassment because we literally are having a conversation where we're digging into some of the things that still are troubling to us. Mm -hmm. But at least we're not digging into what it could have been. So like he said, they very much escaped embarrassment. And I appreciate that, Robert, because you, you hit the nail on the head in so many points that you made in that statement. But I'll say this too, Deshaun. I feel like going back to my DJ comment. The Heat had that situation. LeBron James walks in mm -hmm. and he's wondering, how do I manage through this? Because this has been D Wade's team, right? Mm -hmm. D Wade, D Wade won a title before I ever got here. Mm -hmm. Chris Bosch walks in and he's like, okay, I've been the man. Mm -hmm. So now am I number two or am I number three? I think I might mm -hmm. be number three or I might be number four for all I know because of all of the rest of these guys who've been stacked on this squad as well. It took him a season. It took them a season, and that's why they ended up losing when they got to the final first one. A season, exactly. They got there a season two early. The Mavs end up getting them, and we know the rest of the story. Oh, it was in season two. Everybody <laughs> had figured out what their role was, and they understood mm, yep. the assignment. And that yep. is my question here. We are now halfway through the second season of these two guys being together. Why is that still a possibility? And I don't think you're wrong, by the way. That could very well be what it is that we could find out if Trey or Deshante gets traded, particularly DJ. We may find out after the fact that part of the disconnect or part of the reason they weren't as successful as people thought they were going to be is because there was that disconnect between the two. Mm -hmm. But it is bothersome because also you're seeing Dame Lillard, who had always been the alpha yeah. male on his team, yeah. walk onto this Bucks team and somehow, some way. He and Giannis Antetokounmpo have already started to figure it out. That is where I have a problem with that being a reason for yep. this team being where they are. But you are not wrong. This yeah, very no. well could still be the reason. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and again, I'm not. I'm not the person that's trying to create false narratives and yeah, we're just and, trying to understand. and 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 add fuel to fire and injury to insult all this other kind of stuff. Right. But that yeah. is the feel, and and I feel like during the times when Dejounte has played that trace that out that game, which isn't very many, you know, examples. Um, or when you see even Trey who is active in a game, but is on the bench in that moment. And DeJounte's the one running the team or what have you. I think you, you see some of that. It's not ironic and coincidental that we do see instances where Trey's not in the game or Trey's not playing in that game and DeJounte is, and that team still looks very good. And people feel really good and confident and comfortable with the effort amongst other things with the team. I don't know if that's a Trey Young style of play thing. I don't know if that's a DeJounte, you know, that's that's actually a weakness of his. He needs to be able to bring that even when Trey is active or and mm -hmm. or on the floor or right. what the case is. But it is something that honestly is is notable. Nobody wants to really address it, but I think that right. is something that is there. 
Yeah, yeah, because we haven't talked about it since last season, but it seems like it's one of those silent assassins that could be killing it. But like you said, nobody's willing to talk about it because it is one of those things that could be quite a taboo subject, whether you're outside of those walls of State Farm Arena or the Emory Training Complex or whether you're inside. So we'll talk next up about who's got next because there's still a lot more left to play for in this homestand. This episode of the Locked On Hawks postcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, of course, but the postseason is going on as we speak. Wildcard weekend wrapping up tonight. And that means there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. Again, very user-friendly app, and live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and so much more for you to explore. Find out how to do that by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. So Deshaun, the Hawks have one more game in this homestand against the Magic Wednesday. But if we're honest about it, we want to have some real conversation. The Hawks now find themselves right there, right? 39 games in, Magic will make 40, and then they'll play the Heat and will officially be at the midpoint of the season. But if we're keeping it real right now, we always do on this Hawks postcast, now you start to really get in the thick of the conversation about the postseason and the trade deadline that's just three and a half weeks away. So I ask you this. Are the Hawks one or two players away for making a run to get into the playoffs? Or are the Hawks in need of a reset with only the play in a realistic expectation at this point where they would still probably need three or four players, new players, to get into that? Or is it just flat out time for a rebuild? And I'm taking some time to think about it intentionally yeah. for a second. I appreciate that, yes. Just because I don't believe I'm getting on here saying anything. I think that a combination of all three of those, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there is definitely a need for a reset, if this is what you plan to do. Um, players away, I don't even think it's necessarily about players away. <clears throat> I think that there's some some sudden chemistry. If we're talking about somebody on the bench or somebody coming off the bench, you know, rotational player, whatever, what have you, you know, you definitely need to get somebody, no matter what you, any of those options that you decide to take, somebody is going to have to be that emotional and vocal leader for this team. I think the direction of, of which that they are going in is considerably a rebuild. Mm -hmm. Um, how much truth there is to the merit that, you know, um, of rumors that we've been hearing where any and everybody except for number 11 and double J 
are mm-hmm. expendable at this point and uh every, 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 there's nobody else that's untouchable right but it feels like rebuild and um i'm i i, I think we're closer to that than some people think we are mm-hmm. and i think we're further away from that than other people probably think we are yeah yeah um but at least one person being moved Mm-hmm. Is something that I think that we're desperately going to see. And I yeah. think that that's something that we desperately need to see. I agree. And I think it's a great conversation. And guys, we're going to continue to have this conversation over the next three and a half weeks as we approach the trade deadline. And something that Deshaun just said that he and I talked about pre-production as well is something that we want you guys to join in on comment and definitely comment on the live show. But if you guys think of something afterwards, you want to DM us or you want to tweet us, we'll talk about that as well, because I think that there are levels to this. And that's what I told Deshaun. I said, you know, you can look at it in those three spaces of whether or not the Hawks are just one or two players away, getting that person at the trade deadline or persons at the trade deadline. And all of a sudden it gets them into playoff contention. That's one option. Another option could be sort of a reset where eh, you kind of probably need to move three or four players in order to just get into the play in at this point, because it's that crucial or the one or two players that we talked about may only get you into the play in or real talk. Are they at a point in place where it's just time for a complete and total rebuild? Like you've got to tear this thing up or blow it up, whatever your verbiage is, and then just kind of start it from scratch. And honestly, guys, we feel like it could be very well closer to rebuild, but the question then becomes, what does that mean, right? So what? how are you attacking it? Are you attacking it as in, hey, we're looking at each position, right? Are we looking at the one, two, three, four, and the five? Or are we looking at players saying, yeah, that player has to go. I'm not even so much looking at the position, but that player or those players have to go. Or are we looking at it from the perspective of reset the backcourt? Are we looking at it holistically, reset mm-hmm. the front court? Or to mm-hmm. Deshaun's point, uh, Deshaun's point, are we looking at it from a perspective of that one or that player, not touchable, but everybody else is up for grabs? It's a very good question. It's a very compelling question that you have asked. And then I will add to what you said as well, Deshaun. There's the opportunity or the possibility that it could be about just that vocal or emotional leader because we've had those moments where, uh, and I, I, speak of one guy in particular and I'm like, nope, I refuse to have a um, a brain freeze on this one. I'm going to figure out what his name is. Solomon Hill. I was like Solo. Solomon and Hill. I was kinda, yeah, I was kind of remember like Solomon Hill could be a great example because Solo would be that person who doesn't fall in either of those categories of uh, like front court, back court, individual player, bench, et cetera. He would fall more into the emotional and vocal leader that you're yep. missing. So we're going to talk about this guys across these next couple of weeks, or if a trade dictates the conversation postcast we will talk about that as well but as always appreciate you guys for stopping by and thank you for your input robert appreciate you for always rocking with us and stopping by the lockdown hogs postcast remember to like and subscribe to our youtube channel you guys are definitely starting to come up on our youtube and we appreciate you for that keep it coming but for more on the hogs also check out locked on hogs with our guy brad roland and we will see you next time Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.